2: Another Wednesday night in the books, NXT versus AEW. This is Wrestling Inc. Thank you. Whether you're watching us on YouTube, Facebook, Twitch, wherever it may be, make sure you're hitting the subscribe button to get the alerts for all the great podcasts like the one we have tonight. I'm Justin LaBarre being joined, as always, by the Blueprint, Matt Morgan. Hello, Matt. Hey, guys. And from Forbes, read his work every single week on Forbes.com. He is Alfred Cunemar. Alfred, what's up, man? How's it going, man? Good to be talking to you both. Another night of uh, really solid action on both ends. Uh, if you uh, whatever you like, there, there was something for your flavor tonight, as we will touch on, and uh, let's just dive right into it. We have the, the reviews here for AEW and NXT. We also have some very big news of a former WWE, longtime WWE uh, talent uh, making the jump over to AEW. So we'll, we'll get into all that. Uh, here we go. But AEW tonight, uh, this was, I believe, taped uh, last week. So this was a, a tape show, had heard some some rumblings of some good things that were going to happen on it. And we kick it off right away with John Moxley. John Moxley coming to the ring, and he's going to take on Ryan Nemeth. Of course, uh, as noted, you know, brother of Dolph Ziggler. Ryan's been a regular on AEW recently, kind of working like the enhancement talent role. But it almost seems like maybe there's a there's a future here. But nonetheless, he does what an enhancement talent does. He he takes all the offense coming from the star. John Moxley, Moxley beats him, hitting the paradigm shift. And then after the fact, Moxley cuts a promo. Uh, this this was. Uh, Raved about from some who had heard that this was, uh, you know, because it was taped. This promo, basically, he's looking at the camera. He's he's talking serious. And, Matt, he's talking uh, exploding barbed wire death match. Maybe this is the way I go out. Maybe this is the end of my career. But if I'm going to go out, I'm going out with a bang.
1: Ugh, that part was corny. Out with a bang. Get it? Um, <laughs> No, I, I mean, this is a good promo. Very passionate. Can't deny that. His promos have been very good with this company. I've liked almost all of his promos. Um, just him as a wrestler, it's never really done much for me. Um, but nonetheless, this was good. This is the match. I guess this was the type of match you needed going into a heavyweight championship match, right?
0: Yeah. What I like about John Moxley, he's so good about talking about violence without sounding like a savage. Like he's like a really articulate savage. The way he was breaking down how he intended to. You know, Russell Kenny Omega and how much this means to him. And, I mean, you know how much it does because he comes from CZW and that's his background. So I thought this was a really good promo considering the fact that they're going to have kind of an uphill battle with this crazy match that they're going to have again, which I expect to be a good match. But, I mean, I'm kind of worried with the lengths that they're going to go through. But I I like this promo from John Moxley.
2: Yeah, it was a very good promo. And, actually, to be fair, I was the one that actually kind of sounds, you know, uh, cheesy without the bang. His actual words truly were, I believe. No, I uh, know. Yeah, I know. I'm cheesy. Well, I don't. I don't want. I don't. If people didn't see this promo, I don't want them to think that because this is not no. Moxley's style to be cheesy. His actual way of going out was saying, "If this does come to an end at Revolution, that seems like a hell of a way to go out." So it was kind of like this. Uh, so hey, yeah. it was good. It was. It was. It was some of the best. This is the kind of work that John Moxley, if you knew of him prior to the Dean Ambrose years, you knew he could do. But Dean Ambrose and WWE never got to really cut a promo like this. So
1: well, so like his when he first got to uh, FCW. His promos were fire, actually. His first three promos were just absolute money, to the point where everyone was like, "Oh my god, he's like a cross between Roddy Piper, uh, and I forget the other person." Um, there he was cutting World Beater promos like from the first day he got there, and then something happened where they start when he got in the Shield. You know, it's kind of hard to get your shine on when you've got to do it in a collaboration with two other teammates. And staying within the context of that team the whole time, nothing he does fits that team. You know what I mean? And uh, that's why I think his promos have been world-beater promos with AEW.
2: Yeah. Do you guys remember uh, Matt? Especially, do you remember when they tried to pull the angle? They filmed at the hotel with Dean Ambrose, and he wasn't yes. yet in the Shield with Mick Foley. And Mick I always Foley. wonder
1: what what could have been. I well, you can't argue the success with the Shield, though, right? That's sure. You remember, like, like their third month in or some shit like that? Like, JBL was like, this is the greatest faction of all time. They're the most. And I'm like, damn, they're calling them that already? Like, they just got together. They, You know, but to their credit, you know, it's hard to make the argument against that. All three world champions. Like we're not here to talk about the Shield, obviously, but you know what I mean?
2: No, but in this day and age, you know, normally you always figure somebody's going to get genetic and all three of them went on to have great sure. success and are continuing to have success, whether it's in WWE's roof or not.
1: Yes. Yeah. Big time. All
2: right. So, well, uh, we get a video package hyping up the Omega Moxley match that of course, uh, going to take place at revolution, which is on Sunday, March 7th. Then we get a backstage, uh, an interviewer who I'm not quite familiar with. So I don't want to butcher his name, but nonetheless, he's back there with Lance Archer and Ray Phoenix. Uh, these are two baby faces, mind you. And, and they're talking about, uh, the Phoenix is speaking in Spanish and, and, and Archer's getting frustrated with what is Phoenix saying? Uh, the interviewer reveals that Phoenix is saying how you were the worst partner ever, and they break out into a quick little brawl until the cameras cut away. They are going to be in the main event tonight. Uh, the winner is going to qualify for the ladder match at Revolution. Um, so this is something just to, again, tease business coming up soon. Not much, not, not much more to say about that. Uh, we see the clip of last week of Sting taking the power bomb for Brian Cage, and the gimmick tonight is Sting. He wants payback at some point. So we'll have to wait and see if we get that. We also see the Inner Circle and the Young Bucks attacks last week, is specifically noting uh, Inner Circle uh, 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 taking a little push and shove to the Young Bucks' parents. That'll be relevant here in a moment. But next up, we get the Varsity Blondes in a match uh, versus Brian Cage and Ricky Starks. Taz on commentary. This, again, Cage and Starks doing what they got to do, looking good, looking uh, shiny, looking big. But then the big news, gentlemen, is after the match, after the match, lights go out. We see some video. We see Sting driving and dragging a body bag and and then that's where darby pops out of that of course that was what we last saw darby on dynamite a few weeks ago and then they cut to live action sting comes out dragging a body bag but he reveals inside that body bag is taz's son hook so that happens. Taz is dropping all kinds of curse words because it's ECW again for him. And then Sting points up to the rafters, and here comes Darby ziplining his way into the ring with his skateboard. And Sting and Darby proceed to take out everybody, uh, including Sting hitting a stinger splash and a scorpion death drop so matt last week we made a big to do it was, it was the big talking point of every everybody of sting taking a powerbomb tony khan did some interviews this week in fact and he it's on wrestling inc the transcript he revealed sting is fully cleared uh for physical action and tony khan reveals it was him who called the spot for sting to take a powerbomb so what do you uh, think of this
1: i don't agree with him don't agree with him for having him do that um because they're not going to be unless Brian Cage works a singles program with him, in which Sting puts him over. This was not worth it. Uh, the power bomb to Sting it was not worth risking. Why in the hell would you jeopardize injuring him? I don't care if he's cleared or not. It doesn't mean he can't get hurt from this. Are you kidding me? Um, but uh, this was a great segment. Let's let's. You asked me like five questions, dude. Um, the the segment itself was very well done. It all made sense. It all added up. And uh, I thought Darby looked awesome the way he entered. Um, I liked the twist of having Hook be in the bag. It made Sting look a little crazier and more pissed off. Um, It made this feud a little bit more real. This
0: was easily the best segment involving Sting since he came to AEW. I feel like they played all the hits. We got the Stinger Splash. We got the Scorpion Death Drop. This was a good response for the weeks and weeks of a lot of people complaining that he's really not done anything. And it was funny because Darby Allin smiled for the first time. Like, he was in that bag, body bag, and he came out and smiled. He was unrecognizable. Like, I don't think he's ever smiled before. So that was really good, but it kind of made me want to see the cinematic match. Like, as much as Sting looks fine, and I guess he's cleared to wrestle. Like these cinematic segments with Darby Allen, because he's got a film background, they're good, and I want to see the cinematic version of this.
1: I I do too.
0: Can wrestle. I want to see them wrestle in that black and white. It reminded me of like a Quentin Tarantino, the grindhouse movie that he did. Like, I want to see something like that more than I want to see Sting wrestle.
2: Uh, Yeah, great points by both of you. I, I. unfortunately i want to see the cinematic too the more and more though that i see sting being physical to me tells me it's not going to be cinematic because the whole reason of doing cinematic is to mask the physical limitations but apparently it looks like they're going to do it live so if anything there might be a better chance at the exploding death matches and i don't you know is done uh pre-tape um both of you made great points i think matt to your point it this this um this i agree when i watch darby and he flung himself over the rope, and he was he was nailing he was landing some punches. He felt this is the biggest star that he had felt like up to this point to me. And Alfred, to your point, this was the most accomplished business in a tight, succinct segment Sting has done since his debut. So, yeah. So we got that. So uh, I thought this was a great way to, to for them to build to uh, the, the pay per view coming up here in two weeks. All right, next up we get a pre tape. Shivani sitting down with Miro, Kip Sabian, Penelope Ford. Basically, Miro he wants. He wants Chuck. He he wants Charles to come back. Charles, come back. Charles, come back. And then Shivani's handed a note, and it's presumably from the best friend saying, "Would you fight us a revolution? Yes, no, or maybe circle one." Uh, Miro Miro puts the paper in his mouth, and uh, like the old George Strait song, "Do you you know?
1: Check yes or no." Um, eh, No. no. Stop. Stop. Fucking stop, please. Um, This was terrible. This was so (laughs) rotten on so many levels of rottenness. This yeah. just
0: seems lost. Like, this character, this Miro character is lost, man. Like, I've given him week after week after week. And until proven otherwise, I just, I'm just i not interested in this. I'm just ready for them to move on from this. Uh, the fact that we don't get to see Charles and they're still kind of playing to this angle makes them seem minor league. I didn't like anything about this.
2: Yeah, it, it wasn't too popular from anything I could see. Jody Sonda Jenkins, $5 Canadian. Miro sucks so bad in AEW. Did anyone think it was possible how bad they would screw this up? No.
1: No, I did not think it was possible. You simply play his music, let him come to the ring, let him wrestle a match, have him win. There you go, AEW. I just booked Miro better than you. Right there, right there.
2: Yeah, this, uh, this, 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 this makes some of the darker days of Rusev look like Hulk Hogan.
1: I mean, <laughs> you know, it's, you know, it's, it's a, it's a head scratcher. This is where they got to be careful with the amount of creative control they're giving their talents because I'm hoping this is not on Miro. I'm hoping he's not like, yeah, this is great stuff. I love doing this. I'm having fun again. Okay, fine. You can have fun again, but like, you're not going to get over doing it this way. I don't want him in segments in which he's having a, a match that we're supposed to emotionally invest in being decided on a piece of paper. Check, you know, yes, no, or maybe come on. Are you shitting me? Are you kidding me?
2: Yeah. Uh, trivia question, or I guess not trivia, but a uh, preference question from King Rail four ninety nine. Favorite match from any company, pay per view wise.
1: You can't ask that.
2: Yeah, that's that's very open. open that's very open open-ended there. I'm
1: thinking about that. I, I did really like. I'll be a prisoner of the moment. Okay. Prisoner of the moment. I'm gonna say in the last few years, I really dug Kenny Omega and Okada.
0: Kenny Omega Okada four is probably my favorite match, but I I can't say that unequivocally. There's a lot of matches that I really like.
1: I mean, of course. Um, I still dig Daniels, AJ, and Joe as well. Yeah. The first one.
2: Yeah, I, I, I'm, I, I love Mania or uh, yeah, Mania Thirty with Brian and Triple H. Brian's oh, path.
1: The, the yeah, with Shawn Michaels, Undertaker. I mean, yeah. I mean, you, there's, yeah, I mean
2: see- I'm, I'm trying to think of something recent, but like, it's just there's so much damn content. It, it's hard for me. I have to really revert to pinnacle events because it's just there's so much. It's I don't know. That's a yeah. It's, it's a loaded question, as one of you said. Um. All right. Here we go. Uh. Brandon Cutler versus Jake Hager. Uh. This was Hager again, looking uh, very strong here. Uh, overall, Cutler. You know, he got some. Cutler got a suicide dive and he got some a few spots in. But overall, big lariat. Hager gets the win. One, two, three. Again, the business is after the match. Santana Ortiz and Wardlow, they come out stomping on Cutler. Young Bucks uh try to chase them off, and then Young Bucks they want jericho and mjf we hear the music play but then all of a sudden we look at uh, we don't get mjf and jericho and we get to the backstage and uh we see that the fact that they have grabbed uh, papa buck as they keep calling him who who was in attendance who they showed arriving to the building earlier they have bloodied up and beaten papa buck and they throw him up against the semi that has the young bucks on it and papa buck's blood is is smearing all over it so uh, a personal element to add to get some more heat into this match matt
1: And I'll put some more context on this. And the Being the Elite series episode that was on this past Monday, it starts off with Papa Buck and Mama Buck, uh, especially Mama Buck, flying for the first time since the pandemic. And it was the family's first time seeing the two boys on the back of that truck in the parking lot. And it's their merch truck, technically, that truck with the boy with both bucks on it. So. I'll give him credit for at least connecting the dots there for those of us that do watch Being the Elite every week on Mondays and connecting the dots for their upcoming show on Wednesday. I I do like that, but uh, I know nobody else is going to see it or not a majority, but I do, so I liked it. But other than that, man.
0: Yeah, even on Dynamite, they've been doing a good job the past couple of weeks at least, introducing Papa Buck. They had that good segment earlier on on this show with uh, Young Buck's parents and Excalibur talking up his relationship with them. But I will say, like, that blood didn't look real at all, and it kind of took me out of it. I like that they're using the parents to get heat and make the storyline mean more, but I don't know if this was a great segment because it just didn't look real. And, you know, Papa Buck isn't a pro, so to speak, at selling or doing anything like that, so it just kind of looked hokey to me. It
1: did.
2: Yeah. So we'll see. Uh, hopefully Papa Buck's not the one making the high spot save come revolution. Uh, uh, Jody Shawn Jenkins, uh, best pay you match. Uh, anything with giant Gonzalez. Right. Hey, two, two bucks here. Canadian for some, for some slamming on giant Gonzalez. <laughs> <laughs> there you go. All right. Uh, then we get a video package. Another nice one uh, hyping up showing Shaq and Jade training, you know, showing Shaq, talking smack uh on the um the nba set the tnt on nba uh, nba on tnt set rather uh so hyping up this match this match is next wednesday it's not at the pay-per-view so this is the presumable main event next week for dynamite so that'll be the big talk uh but putting over that and talking about uh, red velvet and just recapping everything we got here uh once again i mean i'm 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 very curious and i have high hopes for everybody i mean cody's established but red velvet's getting a big spot here and jade looks like money and Shaq's freaking Shaq.
1: All the above is true. (laughs) Yeah, I'm very
0: much looking forward to it. It's going to be a spectacle. I think it's going to be good. I think uh, it may not be a great technical wrestling masterpiece, but I think we're going to be pleasantly surprised at what we see from all four.
2: Yeah, uh, real quick, a super chat. Uh, We got FH here. Uh, Apart from the Miro segment, thought AEW had a great show. Whenever the show is taped, I think it runs so much more smoothly than live these days.
1: I got to start paying attention to when they're taped versus live to be able to talk on that better. But uh, I agree with his synopsis of the that one segment was was weak.
2: Yeah, I mean the the uh, Matt, the best thing I can tell you in terms of telling the difference is like I feel like just obviously it's the endings, you know the the it, the endings flow perfectly right up to that change of the hour. Whereas when it's live, more times than not recently they've been manic uh, at, at, at at trying to get get through. Actually, at, to an extent, NXT was a little bit manic uh, tonight kind of like trying to make sure they got in even with their eight minute overrun. Uh, but yeah, we saw Shaq and Jade. And so, look, confidence is going to be the big thing to watch here. And confidence is where I segue into our sponsor for tonight's show. Tonight's sponsor is Blue Chew. And, men, confidence. It's all about confidence in the bedroom, right? No matter what you're doing, no matter what at the end of the day you want to feel confident you don't want to have any insecurities and that's where blue chew comes in because blue chew is making waves and bringing more confidence in the bedroom blue (laughs) chew is a unique online service that delivers the same active ingredients as viagra as cialis but in chewable form at a fraction of the cost again chewable form fraction of the cost you don't have to go to the doctors and do the awkward there no this can all be done Online Bluetooth tablets combat all forms of ED and it can help men give extra confidence for when it's time to perform. When it's match time, when your music hits, you gotta step out of gorilla. There's no question, you're ready for the match, you're ready to call the spots, you're good to go. That's what Bluetooth's for. Bluetooth uh, online prescription service. So basically, what how it works is you know, no visits to the doctor's office, no awkward conversations, no waiting in line at the pharmacy. It ships right to your door, discreet packaging, so you don't have to worry about the mailman even making any kind of weird comment to you. It's all all discreet, all of your private business. Process is simple. Sign up at the bluechew.com. You'll consult with one of their licensed medical providers online. And then once you're approved, you'll receive your prescription within days. The best part, again, all online. That's how we all live our lives these days. So it's very conducive. Blue Chew's licensed medical providers will work with you to find the right ingredient and strength for your prescription because there's two different types of tablets. Both are chewable, though, and you can learn more both from these medical uh, advisors and you can also go on the website and read some about which tablet might be right for you depending on what type of performance you're looking for, what type of situation you're looking for. You don't like swallowing the pills? Nobody does. Don't worry. Again, chewable. Blue Chew tablets made in the USA. They prepare and ship direct, so it's cheaper than a pharmacy. So you can benefit from the extra confidence when it's time to reform, visit bluechew.com and get more details about the important safety information. And again, as I said, a couple different uh, choices for you to go for. And we got a special deal because they are a great sponsor of this podcast and you're a loyal viewer of this podcast. Special deal go to, uh, you can try Blue Chew for free when you go and use our promo code W I N C at checkout. Just pay the five bucks in shipping. That's all you got to pay. Five bucks in shipping. You're going to get a chance to try for free. Go to Blue Chew. That's B L U E C H E W. BlueChew.com, promo code W-I-N-C to receive your first month free. And, of course, we thank BlueChew for being a sponsor of our Wrestling Inc. podcast. And uh, Super Chat right there saying, BlueChew, Ric Flair approves. <laughs> Woo!
0: <laughs> so there you New go. Daddy Ric was- Flair. Oh, actually, no. They said that he's not the father of that child.
2: <laughs> he's so. not the father of... uh
0: Credit BlueChew for that.
2: Oh, no. No, no, no. All right, so back to the scheduled program here as we pick back up into Dynamite. We got Hangman Page versus uh, Isaiah Cassidy with Matt Hardy and TH2. Matt Hardy, he's doing some shenanigans. Uh, Here comes a couple of members of the Dark Order. They are out to tell the ref what Matt Hardy's dastardly ways are doing, and that gets Matt Hardy. Hearsay, but hearsay works. Matt Hardy gets thrown out uh, from ringside. Match (laughs) continues, and uh, ultimately, though, we do see Hangman Page... Uh, hits his uh uh hits uh hits his dead eye finish and uh, he gets the win via pinfall. Post match, Matt Hardy talked to Paige from the back. He says, "Paige, pick Dark Order over him. He's now going to hurt every member of the group he loves so much." Hardy whacks fi- uh, five with a chair and then throws him off the stage and down and through the timekeeper's table. So Matt Hardy, uh, Matt Matt Hardy once rumored to be maybe maybe he'd be the exalted one before we got the reveal of Brody Lee and now yep. Matt Hart now Money Matt is is all against the babyface Dark Order.
1: He is. Um, um, I I apologize to the fans. My camera is not coming up for some reason. I will figure this out. Um, But uh, in the interim, the match itself was what it needed to be. It's another win for Adam Page, right? That's important. Um, And Matt's been killing it. Again, I think this is another home run for Money Matt. Again, this is good.
0: Yeah, this match by itself made me want to see this uh, pay per view match
1: even more, and I was kind of you know on the fence about it. After they I don't. Okay, wait, wait, hang on, uh, Alfred. I apologize. Um, sure. I don't like the stip. I want to just put up for the record again. Sure. I don't like the stipulation in the pay per view, but that's be mean being nitpicky.
0: Right, and that's what I was kind of getting to where it, it is a weird step, but kind of seeing how they're interacting and they are definitely going somewhere with this. I really like uh, the hangman Adam page angle right now. It seems that this is beneath him because you know you kind of expect him to be a perennial yes. world title contender. but Me he's too. been excellent if, especially if you follow being the elite, but even divorced from that, I think this has been a great angle and and I really am looking forward to seeing how they pay off this angle with such a stipulation.
1: Yeah.
2: All right, some super chats. Uh, Stellar, Justin Lopez, 499. He said, if they're smart, Paul White should come after this match and stare down Shaq and build a match of double or nothing. We're not there yet at the news, so if you know who Paul White's, if you know what the real name of Paul White is, there's your hint. We'll, we'll get to that, but I, I, Justin, I promise you're a loyal super chatter. I will bring the concept up of what you're saying when we get to the news, but I don't want to.
1: Well, I'll be the first to say it. I think that's a big reason why he's even coming to the company, just for that moment, for what it's worth. All right, Whatever.
2: so so we'll table that conversation once we yes. once we do get to it. I want to make sure I don't miss any super chats here. Um, Corey, two dollars. Favorite pay per view match: Jenna versus Charmel the, A lot of a lot uh, of comedians.
1: TNA Gemma. Okay, so Jenna from I want to say not Survivor. real world. But the, Survivor. Yeah, Survivor. I was there. That's terrible. I don't remember She was very cool though. By the way, we all liked her Jenna. She was pretty cool backstage. Um, but yeah, she was god awful. Poor Charmel, poor Charmel. Charmel was trained. She trained with me in OVW. She went every single day, worked with all the other females like Victoria and all the others. And uh, Charmel was actually good in the ring. And I was I felt so bad for her. that should be she had to be a part of this. And worst in TNA they made them have to wear an evening gowns in the match, which makes not be able to move as a, a talent to begin with because you're tightly squeezed into that crap and um, I felt so bad for Sharmell that night yeah that's uh... it is considered the worst match of all time actually it really
0: yeah is. it was one of the worst I've ever seen at the time I saw it I think it was the worst match I've ever seen
1: yeah it is
2: did Meltzer give it negative five
0: <laughs>
2: I, I think so <laughs> King Rail 499 do you guys see Jeff joining AEW in the future? I'm assuming he means Jeff Hardy. Big show signing surprised me. Jeff to AEW seems like a fit.
1: Yes. Yes, I do.
2: Yeah, I, I could see it too. I, I mean, I think D- Jeff has at least another year. So it's just a matter, I guess, of how it all shakes out. And does WWE take it seriously of giving him whatever he, or is there an amount that can keep him? Or is he, you know, does he want to leave? So we'll have to wait and see. But yeah, I think, I think as well, again, we'll talk about him. We'll, you know, it's, it's becoming apparent that, look, Anything's possible. Here is a real, here's a company with real distribution and real financial backing. It's, oh yeah, you know,
1: oh yeah.
2: Uh, Louis the Thirteen, dollar ninety nine. Excalibur laughs after almost every move. Thoughts. I hadn't really noticed that. Now I guess I'll have yeah, to. Yeah, me that neither. Time. I got to go back and watch. Alfred, did you notice that? Does he laugh?
0: No, I don't know if it's so much of a laugh as like like oh like I don't think that's a laugh. He's just like expressing his. I,
1: I wouldn't even say it's a laugh. It's just him marking out because he yeah. can't wait. He can't wait to get his shit in because he knows the names to every single move for yeah. every talent. God bless him for that. Like I would screw that up big time.
2: It is the most this is the most unique
1: three man wrestling booth ever because I think he's underrated for the record. I think yeah. he's very underrated actually.
0: Did you guys see him doing solo commentary on those women's matches? Like, I went out of my way to see it just because I heard he was so good. And he's excellent. He
1: is. He is. He knows every move. Guys, in today's day and age, especially with that company, with how, like, 100 miles an hour they wrestle, like, to keep up with them and know each individual talent's gimmick name For a mainstream move, for example, let's just say it's a body slam, right? Oh, there was the Morgan Masher, like you know what I mean. Like he he knows he knows everyone's gimmick name for their moves, which I'm impressed with.
2: Well, and that three man booth is impressive because normally, I mean, most people might know this. Let's explain normally in a three man, at least how WWE does three man booths, which is kind of what just sets the standard. You have your host who does all your in and out of your segments, and they're kind of your neutral play by play, and then you they have a babyface color commentary and they have a heel color and that's usually just what it is but that's not the case here you have Excalibur who as Matt just said can call all the moves you have Jim Ross who's like he's the ultimate storyteller he's one of the best in the, maybe the best ever but then Shivani has his moments, so it's like it's a weird uh it's like Beastie Boys who's taken what verse who's taken what line of of of
1: the of the song Ross is the in my opinion the best storyteller of all time I'm stuck on I'm not stuck but I'm watching Raw right now from the Attitude Era Like, Stone Cold is probably, like, six months into being the top dog on that show. Rocks, like, at the Intercontinental (laughs) level, like, versus Shamrock, if that gives you guys an indication of where that is in during wrestling time, if you will. Um, And, um, dude, he is so good. The energy he puts into his, oh, my God, his calling is amazing. And, um, but... I didn't like when he first got there. I'm friends with Jim. I love him to death. He was a big advocate of mine. So I want to point that out that I'm like, not trying, trying to crap on him here um, for the sake of it. But when he first got there, I, I wasn't a fan of, you know, him big leaguing uh, Excalibur a lot, like making fun of him for knowing all the moves and stuff. It's like, dude, that, that's not funny. Like, you making fun of this guy because he knows all the moves? Like, come on, man. Make fun of the, make fun of the kids for going 100 miles an hour if you want. How about that? And there, there's no ring psychology. If you want to beat them up over that verbally, but not. Wait, wait, wait. wait to be fair, Jr. has
2: done, uh, whether it's this podcast or live, and he certainly has has, has pointed out the referees. I think also with Jr. because Matt, I kind of caught the same thing early on. I also wonder with Jr. if he's kind of looking over like my color commentator is wearing a lucha mask, like.
1: Okay, yeah, it's <laughs> so very, okay, okay. It's when I cool. first saw you, you guys, okay, I had the same reaction my very first time seeing Excalibur. I was like. Oh come on, dude! Don't wear that crap, dude. That's gonna look so stupid. It's gonna feel silly. It's worked. I have to say, it does. I'm used to it. It's a staple. He's a staple. That show. I, I just I, I think he's incredibly underrated. No, he,
0: he, no, he, no, no. Go ahead, Justin.
1: No, Alfred, please go
0: ahead. I was just gonna say I usually don't like three man announced booths, but the reason I think this works because you do get a lot of that cranky Jr. But I don't think it's as bad because of Tony Giovanni. No, no, like, Tony Giovanni is kind of like. His the JR whisperer, where he kind of evens out JR, he keeps him light. He he does, likes he does. Him him. It's like Tony Shavani is there to make sure that Jim Ross doesn't kind of
1: go off the rails. Yeah, but, but he does a good job playing off of him.
2: Yeah, Shavani's the good cop to JR's bad cop.
1: Yes, exactly. <laughs> it, it, it definitely works, but like Shavani does have a lot of phone, a lot of fake excitement. Like, he's not really that excited. Like, come on.
2: Yeah, But you know, it's weird though because AEW has been pretty on the pulse of like, okay, let's do all the things that people we've well, got. So, we've got oh, no, well, all the things that people have gotten tired of that 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 WWE does. So, like, the way the backs my guest at this time, you know, they you know, AEW tries to be more organic, and so I am very surprised because I think three man commentary booth has been a big critique of WWE for like, the last 10 15 years. I'm surprised that they do it and that they don't go to the traditional two man, maybe it's because of. The talent they have and they feel i mean and i do think it's working but it's i'm surprised that I they probably
1: should have cared a lot more justin but like i think y'all give way too much time to to talking about the freaking announcers not, not just you but the people that complained for the three booth three years and like so i never noticed that I, I probably should have i probably should have cared as a wrestler but well just,
2: my my critiques based on and i guess this is just story of our re- wrestling fandom it's based on nostalgia i think there's something so natural of there's the play-by-play guy who's your straight man, and the color guy who who's who was who defending is the advocate for the heels to the end. Gorilla and Heenan, uh, Vincent Lawler, Ross and Lawler. I, I think it's just that works so well. So when they when new expand to the three man, it just seems okay just too much. But all right, uh, keeping it going. Uh, some super chats here. Uh, Two dollars from Terrence. He's keeping it does, going. What? That's not keeping it going. But Go ahead. <laughs> we got to do some super, <laughs> super chats. They're lying in Rajas' pockets. I Does know. it feel like AEW overbooks each segment? All right.
1: Yes. I don't like saying that, but I mean, if I'm being honest with myself, yes, definitely. Guys, how many weeks in a row did it have almost every other match on average and in a schmas? Seriously, there was Fair like way. like seven weeks in a row where on average every other, at most every two matches ended in a schmas.
2: I mean, I, I see. I saw a report the other day, or a, a rumor, a report that like AEW might be moving towards a a six man tag title, and I'm like, well, they opt, they, they should would. almost every match is a six man tag. So
1: yeah, Ben should have had that.
2: Yeah. Uh, one more super chat here, Jody, Shauna Jenkins. Any chance Spears returns to fight Darby for Sting's affection? Seriously, though, I'm guessing Spears isn't coming back. So, I'm, so Sean Spears. So we we haven't seen Spears in. Quite some time. I don't know if there's more to the story that I'm missing or forgetting. He, but.
1: I'm, sh- I'm sure he is. I, he works out at the gym I, I, I work out in and with the, the coach that I use as well. And uh, he looks amazing, amazing shape. So I don't think he's hurt, that's for sure. Okay.
0: There's just been too much start and stop with Sean Spears. If he came back oh, and, did yeah. this, and it's like, well, this again, and he's a talented dude, but they haven't yes, done anything him with him.
1: No, they treat him
2: like Dolph.
0: Yeah.
2: Daniel Wilson, uh, two – Wednesday night, Raj was in full force today. Yeah, Raj was Wednesday night. Raj starting at like 3 this afternoon, if you guys didn't check Twitter. <laughs> he, he, even, uh-huh. he, he even admitted. So, I'll, all right, I'll give people a little bit of a behind the scenes of wrestling business here. I'm oh. not going to be on the show next Wednesday uh, for a oh. per, personal reason. Raj got his dates confused. He emailed me today. He thought that it was tonight that he needed to fill in for me. And I said, oh. no, I'm good tonight. And then all of a sudden after that, as I looked a little bit later on Twitter, it's almost like he realized, oh, I have a free pass tonight for when yeah. I was busy. And he, and he and by his admittance on his own Twitter, he starts drinking some wine. He's doing Q&A. He says, keep bringing the questions because I might delete them later, but I'm feeling good. And he starts answering questions. So Wednesday afternoon, Raj was in. And, and I looked. This is like 3 or 4 o'clock Eastern time. He's, <laughs> he's two hours behind me on mountain time. So he's Raj. barely gotten out of lunch. And he was Wednesday night, uh, N.W. Raj. Raj.
1: That is a problem, my friend.
2: (laughs) I love that. Raj is a wild dude, man. (laughs) Just to give people the timeline of the business today, uh, one more super chat. (laughs) Uh, vape Ross Vape Excalibur is David Crockett in a hood, right? Uh, Mentioning David Crockett back on commentary, back with Shivani and Ross in the day. I don't think he's
1: anybody. I think, honestly, he's himself, and uh, not to sound corny, but he is. He's very different, and I like his calling. I like him. Uh, I like him a lot.
0: I never give a second thought to his mask. I always look at it as just part of his uniform. Maybe because I've just been yeah. seeing him so long. Because he was out in PWG was, here in Los Angeles, so like I never first, gave a second
1: thought to that. First two weeks I did, then it was it. I was over it I completely over it. Yeah. It was okay. I love I loved his energy, and again his knowledge. His knowledge is freaking awesome. Now Cornet, I, I listen to Cornet's podcast, and uh, he'll go like his whoever his ho- other host is. I forget the guy's name. He, you know, he does make fun of him a little bit for like. When he tries to like make it sound like, like historical, when they were making the announcement for um uh, uh, for the main event Omega versus uh, Moxley in this exploding barbed wire match, and Excalibur <laughs> is going crazy like, oh my god, it's what do you call it Kawasaki Stadium? Like yeah, yeah. basically he was t- he was trying to make an FMW match appear like it's Andre versus freaking Hogan. <laughs> you, you know what I mean? Like he's trying with a historic. Uh, 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 what's the word? I want? Like shine, he tried to put on it. Yeah. It was pretty funny. The, the the historic context he tries to make it into, right? Like we're all supposed to walk out of there with friggin' yeah, I can't say the word.
2: Yeah, no, I know what you mean. Uh, I, I mean uh, Alfred. Uh, like you said, you've seen him out in California. Is he? Is he retired? Is he physically not able, or, or, is it, or is he just suit better in a commentary role for them? Like, like could they yeah. ever work? Can they work him into a physical role ever?
0: I'm sure they could, but he seems pretty comfortable with the commentary role. He's almost exclusively, you know, like a commentator. But <laughs> you know, he was definitely part of that PWG. Ends. Uh, you know, he's great in PWG. Actually.
2: All right, so I always get so many chats coming. Of course, I get the super chats and first priority in my queue, but I I have to share this one. <laughs> Orbit <laughs> talking to Raj on Twitter, drinking scotch and soda. He's
1: lit. Raj is rolling. <laughs> Orbit. Hey, 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 Orbit. Are you talking as in right now? Is it happening right now? <laughs> but give know. us that answer. <laughs> if so, if so, we need I'll get off my screen and I'll put up the Twitter <laughs> timeline instead. <laughs> That's awesome.
2: You should, you should just go call Raj, man. Uh, Jack's Callens 499 was putting kiddo to bed. Don't know if you touch the subject. Ladder match needs fixed needs, needs, needs yes, Phoenix. It name it. By the way, my snake is so awesome. And Raj, today was cold. Uh, we haven't got to the ladder match, so hang on. Uh, by the way, my snake is so awesome. I don't know what that means. And Raj, yes, Raj, today was gold for
1: his Valentine's Day present. The miss has got him a snake. Oh, that that wow. creeps me out. I don't trust snakes. Um, yeah. I don't have a snake either. Like, who? The hell, who does? They, yeah. they Did he got ask
0: no... for the snake, or is it like she surprised him, hoping that he likes snakes?
1: Oh no, he likes snakes. Oh okay. They they got no
2: legs and they move. Can't trust that. Um, <laughs> it's effed up. All right, uh, we get a a pre-tape. Alex Marvez catches up with Kenny Omega and Don Callis. Um, they're at like some type of a. They're at the extermination chamber, and 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 Omega's helping the guys build the 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 death match. Equipment, I guess. um The explosive barbed wire. So
0: similar so to the Undertaker that one night on Raw, I believe, where he was building the casket. That kind of the yeah. same idea. Okay. All right. Actually, you know what,
2: Alfred, you put it in that perspective. Because I'm a Taker, Mark. I kind of like that. All right. Yeah. I'll take that. I'll take it. Yeah, All right. We're reaching. We're reaching. But okay. <laughs> <laughs> I just comp- we I just accepted the comparison of a Kenny Omega segment to a Taker segment. You Holy did. hell.
1: On the air. <laughs> hell. <laughs>
2: Holy hell. <laughs> good lord can i redact that um all right we get brit baker <laughs> brit up against nyla rose women's title eliminated tournament this is a this is a semifinal match so the winner is going to go to the final and face the yeah. face the final f- face whoever makes it the final from the japanese side if i have that correct yes, um, yes. this match was lengthy this match both ladies come out of the heel tunnel Britt's doing some cheating. You know, she's doing the stalling on the outside. She's doing some cheat. Yes, You know, she has Reba doing some distraction, but taking the turnbuckle pad off. All that said, it, when we come down the stretch, Nyla is just hammering Britt with some, Nyla keeps fighting out of Britt's finishes. Uh, Nyla then hits some massive power-offs, massive power moves on Brit. Britt gets some crazy, uh, fall, you know, kick out at two and three quarters, uh, Nyla Rose ends up winning this, but this is a, Nyla Rose wins, which I, either of these women winning, I was fine because either one of them are, is really who should win the whole tournament. So I was fine either way. But Matt, did you notice this at all? Britt's doing a lot of the heel action with the cheating stuff that is outlined. But then when on the whole go home sequence, this was like a babyface showing of like
1: heroics of how she was kicking out of this shit. Yeah. Yeah. No, no, no. That, that's just truth to that. Sometimes where I don't like heel versus heel matches, right? Um, but uh, what are you gonna do? Like you're both heels, you know. One of you gotta eventually blow a comeback, even though you're the heel and you're not. Your heels don't make comebacks normally. It's so a babyface uh, spot in every match at the end. But uh, it, you had to tell the story though, right? And without a comeback, you lose the pacing of that match and that fifth gear that that part of the match needs to hit. When somebody's been taking the brunt of the heat, the majority of that match, like she was. So I like this match, actually.
0: Yeah. The past three no. weeks of these tournament matches with the women have been very hot, or at least the past two weeks. Uh, they've been really good matches. Each of those last two weeks were the, my favorite match on the show, essentially. Yeah. But I think this was the weakest of those threes, but I still think it was a good match. Like, I yes. liked seeing them work together. I was just confused in the early goings because, like you guys said, it was heel versus heel. I'm still kind of confused as to whether or not Nyla Rose is a heel. And I don't think they ever uh, resolved the whole Vicky Guerrero thing. If I'm mistaken, I don't remember them doing anything to tell us why she's not with Vicky Guerrero anymore.
1: They have not told us that on, on TV.
2: They haven't told us and my only guess – and again, remember this was taped last week, so they ran so they ran into the cases on the dynamite last week that was live. Is that I think that some of some people, including Vicky, especially that came from Texas, couldn't make it because of the terrible weather. Oh, uh-huh.
1: well, there so you I, go. That, that's that definitely sense. the answer. Okay, that makes sense. Yeah.
2: yeah. Um But they but they acknowledged it last week when it was live, but they're not gonna acknowledge it on this one that was taped last Thursday because obviously they know the weather was gonna be different six days later. So but I sure. think that's what it was.
0: That makes complete sense.
2: Uh, all right, so main event time for Dynamite. We got uh, Ray Phoenix versus uh, uh, Lance Archer, again, paying attention to heels and faces. Both come out of the baby face tunnel. So this is a baby face versus baby face match. But again, there's some co- confusion because Archer, he's the big guy, so he's working more the heel. Jake the Snake, even at one point, who's in Archer's corner, uh, uh, jostles Phoenix's uh, foot on top of the rope. So uh, again, you got to kind of, work around this at all at the end of the day though archer uh puts phoenix up on the top terminal and uh hits his blackout and he gets the pin so i i was su- matt yeah, archer gets to win i was pleasantly surprised i thought they were gonna go with phoenix on this
1: me too for sure i thought phoenix was gonna win um but this is good news for archer um he's a hell of a talent he's a very good big man um great team player he's already shown us with how they booked him in the beginning and him being okay with Losing the way they booked him for a while there um, or not booking him at all, for that matter, for quite a few uh, few months there. But uh, so I'm happy for him. And uh, this makes sense. It's a good big guy is supposed to beat a good short uh, small guy.
0: Yeah. And this was wrestling fan one on one for me because I went in assuming that Ray Phoenix was going to win because it was a lot of But then I'm like, oh, they're yes. going to be Lance Archer. That's BS. But then Lance Archer wins, so now I'm like, oh, wait, so Ray Phoenix isn't going to be in the lot of matches? What the hell? So, you know, you can't please everybody. So but for I'm that wise.
1: reason, I'm not pleased for that reason, by the way, yeah. Alfred. Yeah. That's the only thing I don't like about this, because Phoenix needs to be in that match. I agree with the caller before caller, exactly. the
0: chat Caller. You will have like, the last chance. <laughs> First time, wrong
2: time.
1: <laughs> Matt, hang up and I'll listen.
2: <laughs> All right. Uh, I got I to gotta, I gotta throw uh, – I'm, I'm I'm letting some free chats come through because I just can't help myself uh <laughs> Sergio just went over to Raj Twitter and he is liddy like a titty.
1: Hey. <laughs> oh my God, You have to check this out <laughs> um
2: I thought there was one more maybe that we might have had uh oh here's one um whoop, just went away, but these chats are coming through so fast uh it, oh here we go um uh Cara saying baby face heel tunnel i never noticed that yeah if you're looking if you're watching on tv uh you know tna used to do this back in the day at one point but if you're looking on awc the left tunnels for heels the right tunnels for baby faces with the uh, obvious you know uh, insert the in they their separate separate locker rooms uh, we don't need a d- dissertation it's very well easy. he he didn't notice it so i'm explaining this people that obviously you
1: didn't did. just say hey left heels right baby faces um but listen though no, i was going to say though justin is T- tna's was much better i uh, not when they did it both on the same stage but when they had them on separate sides of the arena yeah i thought that was so cool
2: i i agree that that i i'm not a huge and this is no obvious nothing to do with you matt there's not a lot of things that tna did that i like holy you know i don't i don't the six-sided ring but I, but I agree with you the opposite side of the building arena uh, the, of the tunnels was a, a very good like yes that that makes sense to me. That fits in a day of where kayfabe it, is is very scratched it, off.
1: Yes, it paints the picture immediately. You don't have to know crap about that talent. All you know is, well, they came out from that tunnel, therefore they're the good guy. That's the bad guy coming out of that tunnel, and like that's so that is so powerful when you think about it, because today's wrestling, WWE especially, when a talent comes out of the down to the ring with to their music. Nine out of 10 times, a mainstream fan would not be able to tell you who's the heel, of babyface. Yeah. Well, Matt, that's you were an important part. You're supposed to be able to know who is who before that bell rings. So, on this kind of weird topic,
2: you were there for both when they had the, the opposite tunnels, and then they eventually get away with that and just had what? Do you know any insight of why they did that? Why they went away from the two tunnel thing?
1: Honestly, no. I don't remember the reason. That's a great question. Um, and then we had them up on the same side of the arena where there's still two tunnels. At uh, some of the time, there'd be just one, right down the middle. But uh, no, I don't remember why they got rid of the opposite side once It was only, very early on in TNA. When I was yeah, there. the only guess I'd have is just logistics—more space for fans to be in there. I'm thinking yes. So yes, that's what it was. They had to pull out these bleachers on that side of the arena that prior, pri- priorly, that's even a word, prior, uh, was never pulled out, and that tunnel ate up a lot of that space. They started actually legit getting more fans to come into the shows now. And when that happened, they had to create more space. Universal did. And because of that, they had to pull these bleachers, these huge, I mean huge ass bleachers. And I always thought it was funny because the camera would never pick it up. If you're if you're watching the show, it's the hard camera. But to the right, if you're watching through your TV screen, Mm -hmm. you would rarely see that side of the arena. I'm like, why? It's packed. Like, what are you guys doing? You need to change the hard angle, the hard camera angle, because that is the side of the arena that goes all the way up with fans, and it looks way more impressive than the opposite side of the hard camera as it as it were, as it stood now or recently. Yeah. That's
2: interesting. All right, so that was dynamite. All right, so before we get to NXT, I feel like this is a good point to do because I know people want to talk about it, and it, it's very relevant, and it's part of AEW news. So the big news here today is Paul White. Well, who the hell is Paul White? He, he's probably that's, – that's, that's, your, that's your account, nope. right? Doing, who's doing your taxes? No.
1: Nobody asked that. Nobody asked that. They did
2: ask it. Paul White, frequently known for the last 20 years as the big show – uh, on WWE Legends Night in the month of January, uh, just as, as that recently. Well, he is no longer with WWE. He is now signed to AEW on what we are reporting as a long-term contract for uh, multiple reasons. He is going to be doing commentary for this new Monday online AEW Dark Elevation show, and Tony Khan confirms he's also going to do some wrestling. He, he's, he's not done. He's got something left in the tank. So this... Uh, yeah, this again. This is dominating the wrestling headlines, uh, Matt. I'll talk to you. I'll just simply say this. This caught me off guard because even Jericho included, even him included. This is the first guy to come from WWE over to AEW who I said, or who I thought he's somebody who would be a lifer. He would even when he's done wrestling, he'd be an ambassador for WWE. Vince loves the largest, man, largest athlete in the world, and so this
1: this comes as a shock. What say you? It definitely does, but. And I mean, no disrespect, but I don't see what he's going to add. I mean, he's a big name. I get that. Okay, so fine. Yes. He'll he'll, he'll add name recognition, brand ID. That's all well and good. But again, the old adage is then the bell rings. So what's he going to do? As far as wrestling goes, like, I was hoping to see him retire right off into the sunset. I really was. He deserved it. And uh, I just don't like when talents overstay their welcome like that, especially people that I was a fan of at one point and uh, we see the lesser version of them and we know it's the lesser version of them. Remember, I was told you about bigger guys. When you're a bigger guy, everything you do that sucks sticks out times 10 versus a smaller talent doing something that sucks. A screw up um, or, or maybe not having good ring cardio, it sticks out way worse in a bigger guy. That's why bigger guys always need to be more protected, not because they suck, but because any glaring uh, 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 error or anything like that, that they do sticks out way worse, especially Big Show. There is no bigger epitome of an example than him of what I just said, because he's the biggest athlete in the world, the biggest pro wrestler of all time, basically. Um, you know, Kali technically is, but Big Show is what we generally think is, right? He's the giant. So um, I, I don't see what he's going to do wrestling wise. Like how many times he was gonna shoot? The, he's gonna shoot the bucks off five hundred times. I had duck one, duck two. All right, then he eats something, doesn't bump like five hundred. Like, it's gonna be boring. I don't see what he's gonna add as far as wrestling goes. Could could, could he help make the big guys? Think, that we all, could he help make yes.
2: the the archers, the Wardlows? Yes.
1: So this is where I think they should absolutely use his expertise because he's super smart. And when he got to WWE, he did have a chip on his shoulder. That's why they sent him down to OVW to get in better shape and also get that damn chip that he had off his shoulder. He admitted it. And uh, cause he got given too much, too quick. He said in WCW, he, he said that to all of us and he had to eat humble pie. So Jim Ross and company sent him down to OVW to not punish him, but to get his act together. Um, and uh, I was just gonna say, so like, as far as his ring knowledge goes, his wrestling knowledge goes, his wrestling IQ is off the charts. He's incredibly intelligent and He'll help – forget just the big guys. I'm hoping he'll be another voice or reason for some of the smaller guys to chill the bleep out a little bit. Make your moves mean more. Don't just freaking hit 55 moves in a row where you're stepping on your own pop. you know. And we don't get to see it because there's no fans in the arena right now. But, guys, there's a lot of times I see a lot of things that are just way too machine gun backed on top of each other where you're not giving your move that half a second it needs to breathe and let the fans interact with it and cheer or boo it that's the whole reaction that's the whole reason you're wrestling yes you're trying to win a match but really you're trying to get a reaction that's your first goal it's not really to win a match because they ain't a shoot it's to look like you're trying to win a match but garnering fans' reaction and making them emotionally invest in your moves and in your character as you're doing it. And you have to let your moves set a second and breathe to allow them to emotionally invest. So without these fans in the arena, I'm worried with, especially AEW, that they're going to go into that machine-gun funk, 100 miles an hour stuff again, in which they're eff- effectively stepping on their own pop if there were fans in their to pop as, if, if, if you will. Uh, Terrence,
2: uh, why did, uh, hopefully they can, he, hopefully he can help the bigger men in AEW feel more like a threat. So yeah, like what we're talking
1: about there. Yes. Uh, I think we had one more super chat. And, and let me just say something. He's a shrewd businessman. Let me see. Big Show's very intelligent when it comes to contracts. He has some of the most historical contracts of all time. Like he's very smart. He's got a great agent. So he ain't there for cheap folks. He is not at AEW for pennies on the dollar. He's there for big money. I guarantee it.
2: Which and that's and that's interesting. You know, we there's reports from Fightful. There's reports from PW Insider. I apologize. I can't attribute every single word to, Has who's to who. Has not given us a number?
1: Is there a number out there? No
2: number, but 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 this is kind of a, I guess you, Matt, you'll probably say uh oh, duh. But just to confirm to people, you know, the report is obviously when he was last there with WWE in January for that Legends show that he was unhappy with how negotiations were. Uh, that his contract was coming up and that he was not – the number that was being offered to stick around, he felt was just not up
1: to par. And so – I yeah. thought he was pissy because of how they treated him in that segment with Orton. Yeah, how they let right. Orton talk down to him and completely emasculate him like that. They did, and, and I don't – we don't – I don't think we know this, but – We don't know this, you're right. We
2: we don't, but I, I guess you could speculate that maybe where he was in the negotiations, maybe that was a little bit of like a little – Here's what we're gonna to throw to you because, given your attitude and negotiating right now, I, I don't. And that's all. That's pure speculation. But all we know now
1: is shit didn't work out with WWE, and he's now with AEW. I can't believe know. he's there. That is one talent I would have said is dead last. My dead last draft choice. If you said talents leaving WWE potentially for AEW one day, he'd be my last pick for that to ever happen.
2: Yeah, he's there uh, with he's there with the Cena's and Ortons. He's a WWE light. Yes, life, you know.
0: Yes. If you even watch those like behind the scenes WWE shows, like sometimes you'll see people act differently than how they act on camera. But the big show is like a good soldier where he's backstage like, come on guys, we can do it. When people are pissing, like they showed this 2016 draft the day of and a lot of people were in bad moods because they got split apart. And he was the guy who was like almost to an annoying uh, uh, tendency to where he was just trying to cheer everybody up. And that's what I always saw as the big show as this kind of good soldier for WWE. That's why he may not be the biggest name. It's not necessarily CM Punk going to AEW, but if no, you but know a, the dynamic it, of the show in WWE, this is as shocking as it gets. My jaw uh, dropped to the floor when I
1: was reading this, about this. This is a very big name. Very, very, very big name. This is a talent that was a... You know, uh, one of the youngest WCW, if not the uh, first uh, youngest WCW champion of all time. He beat Hulk Hogan in his first match out. He was like twenty-two or twenty-three. Like, dude, yeah. they were calling him Ken, like they were comparing him to Ken Griffey Jr. And they were calling him the rookie monster. Like they they stole that from Rhino at the time. I'm guessing from ACW. but that's what they, I remember them calling him vividly. And he, he had such a – his sky was a limit for his potential. WWE, like, when he got there, like, I never in a million years would I ever think he would leave that company. And he's had so much TV real estate that he's been on. It makes him incredibly valuable. I mean, just the amount of TV hours he has been on people's TV sets is insane. Yeah. I mean – A lot of it, it, equity in him.
2: Yeah, the kayfabe got to insinuate he was under the Giants' sun, So
1: I loved that. I was pissed when they didn't go in that direction all the way.
2: Uh, Brian Cyrus, $5. Do you, people actually care that Big Show's going to AEW? Was a fan of his 10 years ago but don't care to see him on TV? He should just be a I producer.
1: I, I honestly don't think so. I, I don't think AEW fans have a woodrow, as it were, uh, w- t- about this news. No, I do not. They don't
2: have a, a blue-chew reaction to Big
1: Show right. coming. Thank you. Much, much, much better. Much more PC. No, I don't. I don't think they do at all. I don't think they're aroused even in the slightest bit about having them there. In fact, I think they'd be more worried about it and saying, oh, no, they're going to start bringing in WWE castaways here like TNA did. Blah, 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 blah. Uh, Big Show's a little bit more, guys, than a WWE castaway. Come on. This is a first ballot Hall of Famer. Well, maybe not now because he left the company, <laughs> yeah. but uh, he'll be back. He'll be back in <laughs> WWE. Everything will be fine. Yeah. He'll be get his ring. So that's so what he, I'm saying. So, so listen, I'm sorry to cut you off, but real quick, Justin, what does that say? He was willing to forego all of that. And yeah. Big Show is a, I don't mean it in a negative way, but he's a mark for himself a little bit we all are as wrestlers for the record but he especially so like i, I would like to think that the hall of fame would have made a big deal to him emotionally since it, i really believe that so for him to leave all that and shake can all that to come here he is coming for big money and i can't wait to find out how much
2: well big money and what it tells me is that my my guess is vince felt he got all out of him in the ring he's going to get out of him he
1: did I'm sorry, right. Show. He did. You were there to do your job, which is so, get younger talents over. You did your job. You made right. Ron be the new version of you. That's right. what you were supposed to do. And the story right off into the sunset, man.
2: Right. So Vince feels that, but obviously, Show feels like he has more to offer, and that's that's okay. that's, we're at. that's so, his prerogative. We'll, right? So we'll see. So we'll we'll, we'll see. Um,
1: so it's my prerogative to turn a channel when he comes on.
0: <laughs> <laughs> I mean, there what I do go. like about the announcement is that they paired it with this new show that they're going to roll out that's going to highlight up-and-coming talent. So now you're kind of thinking, this is an actual show. If they were just announce we're doing AEW Dark right. Elevations, who cares? Like, the only thing is, like, <laughs> okay, we're doing it on Mondays. But they're going to have the big show, and they paired that with the announcement. I think that makes this show, um, I wouldn't say must-watch, but it makes it a, a definite <laughs> show that I'm going to pay attention to. Yeah.
2: All right, so a few super chats, and I want to acknowledge one earlier and then we'll get to NXT and, yeah, and, yeah, and head home that. here. All right, Jax Collins four ninety nine. Dude, I was like thirteen. Paul and WCW Crowd, commentators wondering who he is. I'm 38 now. He's still on my TV as a star. That's legendary. I'm guessing he's referring to um when he came through the St. Valentine's Day Massacre to the Matt. Austin McMahon, yes. I'm guessing. Yes. Very, very famous debut. Um
1: I don't remember him being in the fans though. Why do yeah, I not remember
2: that? I, I don't know what that I don't know what Jackson meant by that. Um
1: came from
0: under the ring, didn't he?
2: He yeah, came from under the ring. Yes. Uh the line drive, night nineteen ninety nine, American Jesus. Big show's going to AEW is a big deal just for his unselfish. just for his unselfish that man is and his eye for talent. Guys like Cage, Archer, Hobbs, etc., are going to benefit immensely. Yes, they will. If, it, if they listen, it yes, it will solve their big man booking issues.
1: Okay, no, it'll help their big man psychology. Show will tell them all this what the hell's wrong? I'm so sorry, guys. Hang on. This is not, it keeps going on and off. I apologize. Um, It'll help them as far as their booking. Not, not their booking. He's not a booker there. So he can't go in there and say, hey, guys, make I believe Lance Archer losing tonight. I think he should win. And voila, he wins. Okay? It's not gonna, that, that's, that's not what this means. I hope that's what it means, but I don't think that's what it means. They did not tell us that he's part of the booking team. Um, if he is, then that is good news for them. Um, what they do, the, where were you, this, 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 uh, chatter here, whatever the hell you call it, super chatters, right. Um, where he's correct though, however, is how they will improve immensely if they decide to open up their ears and listen to him. Cause he's got a wealth of big man one-on-one knowledge that was given to him one-on-one from the best big man of all time undertaker when he sucked at the time. And he was trying to do drop kicks. And I was impressed by that, by the way. And Munso's off the top rope. I was impressed by that, by the way. And um, uh, WWE did not want him wrestling that way. Uh, they want him to be a big man. It's what we're paying you to be. Seven foot four, his billing was when he first came in. Uh, 550 pounds, right? Don't be doing that high-flying crap. We're not paying you to do it. Work like a big man. So he has the best tutelage to give them because it, he didn't have it easy. He had to relearn and repackage himself, not just to get in better shape, but how to wrestle big and how to work like a big man, again, from the best big man of all time. Daniel Bryan is so, has such a wealth of knowledge to share with a lot of these talents because William Regal shared his expertise with him. So he gets it from that and under that William Regal learning tree. A little bit of the Mick Foley learning tree, but mainly, uh, what I just say, uh, Regal's tree. So this is big for the big man to be able to basically – get undertaker training i'm dead serious when you think about it without undertaker being in the company yeah
2: no and you're right he's not booking he's not booking the long-term angles but he's a guy that can say okay what needs to get accomplished on your match here's things you should and shouldn't do
1: or he hey, could- maybe this is not a fair comparison to make dude but hulk hogan used to do that for me he'd go into the writer's room where he was not a writer on the day of tv and go what the bleep is matt morgan tagging with joey Ryan? this makes no freaking sense he just stole my cape, stole my robe, gave the guy the rub. Why is he in a tag team division at all? What are you doing with him? Tonight, he needs to be in a singles match. One time it did work, and I was in a singles match versus Doug Williams out of left field, even though I was supposed to be in this tag team with Joey Ryan at the time. It was all over the place. So this is the greatest of all time, many think, uh, and Hulk Hogan, who really couldn't get that done because he was not technically a booker. I, I don't think big show can just march in there and just start demanding
2: shit yeah well one other thing i want to acknowledge uh justin lopez gave us a super chat earlier and i said i'd get back to it yes so cody oh, is good so cody's taking on cody's gonna be in the tag match against shack next wednesday obviously big show and shack is something that WWE kept trying to make happen and it never worked uh, out uh, I-, I find it interesting matt because tonight's show's taped we did not see big show they gave us a, a clearly a post edited voiceover announcement yes. about him in the dark. So okay. I do find interesting. They could have not released it. They gave Alfred and I press releases today about this. They could have not done that and waited to like, let him, sh- you know,
1: show up at the
2: pay-per-view right next week. But they obviously, I think what they want, they, they, there's a reason they, they released this this week. Right. Cause the Monday show, he's doing commentary doesn't start until mid-march so it's not like you're having to get ahead of that so there wow. has to be a reason why they did it today
1: well what is it then justin
2: i think it's two scoops. Uh, scoops yeah three scoops two scoops <laughs> uh, I'm, I'm just saying you know that why do you
1: think oh, i'm asking seriously
2: I, no i, I the WWE. what they shot ang you know they shot Shaq hitting Carlito with a chair in WWE and there was always talk of, of the big show and, and Shaq and never happened to WWE for one reason or another. Okay. I, I can't help, but wonder if, if, if that's, this is interesting timing
1: here. Well, yeah. no, I, I still don't understand what that has to do with announcing him tonight instead of having him just show up. in what is a obvious, super obvious storyline plot, immediately for him and picking up where he left off with shack where all we see is this the face off between shack and big show that's what we all pay our money to see don't even need to see them wrestle i just want to see Shaq look taller than big show and show be incredibly uncomfortable he doesn't like not being taller by the way um but uh i want to see that right so why why not surprise us with that
2: i don't know i but i, I just can't help to think is that is that does this- does this match come into play? Just, this is just a very funny timing. You know, you're a week I'm away. I'm gonna from
1: bet this. my house. No, I can't bet my house, but I'll bet something. That something. That's that's really big, right? Um, <laughs> I will bet. I don't know what I can bet because the super chatters. How would we do this, right? But I will bet you, it will. He will be in that match. He will. We will get that face off and that stare down between Shaq and Big Show next week. All right.
0: It'll be much easier to do it with the Nexus of TNT, too, because with WWE, Shaq can kind of go in and go out, and he wasn't really right. beholden to anybody. With TNT, the executives can kind of get in there and coordinate. Okay, you can Oh, this yeah. Video, and that's going to be a lot easier to I love, do with. Uh, Shaq Gene, I,
1: love, I love me some Shaq, dude, Alfred. He's one of my favorite athletes of all time, yeah, sure. actually so charismatic. He was, he changed the league. He never gets credit for it, by the way. Allen Iverson gets all the credit for it because he changed the dress code and whatnot and and, and stuff like that and tattoos in the league, but honestly, Shaq was so charismatic. He was all over the TV screen. His merch commercials were the best, especially the Reebok big man one uh, with all the the greatest of all time. Big man with Jordan. You remember that one? It was awesome. Yeah. What's the the code? Don't fake the funk on a nasty dunk. Remember that? Um, But like, I'm a huge shack, Mark, right? It, 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 but like, I watch him now, and I just saw him today, for example. He was on a note. Was it Nokia? What's the printer company? Canon or Nokia or something like that. Talking about printer cartridges. This dude doesn't turn down anything. So I'm wondering is he have, like, he's got a lot of money he's paying out to his ex? Um, I have to assume. him to keep having to work this hard because he's getting his hustle
2: on yeah shaq does the general and for insurance he does does everything
0: everything. i see hot that's what it is
1: i see hot yes but do you remember your first reaction when you saw him i like really shaq you're way bigger than this (laughs) right so like i wonder like what i don't know his financial situation is the reason i'm saying any of this is because just piggybacking on alfred's point that dude yes the uh, TNT executives will say, hey, dude, get your ass back on that show. We're paying you millions of dollars, and this is part of our package. Get over there.
2: And he'll do it. Uh, Michael Sachs Jr., maybe it's the opposite way. Maybe it's, maybe it's he's not. Uh, uh, I don't know. He said, I hear a rumor Cody has a real shoulder injury. I don't know if I haven't I heard did. that. but yeah, I, I did. Too. That. He does. I did too.
0: He took a really nasty bump a couple weeks ago. But it's not yeah. like a serious thing, but it is an injury.
2: So, Big, okay. Big Show's Cody's replacement, Giant vs. Giant, both have uh, uh, Shaq as Jade. Big Show has.
1: has... Could be, but to, listen, at Big Show's age, even though he's in great shape, and Shaq not having any ex- experience, per se, wrestling a full match, that has. I want to get my popcorn ready if that ever happens. Just for the sheer fact that we will see the mummy and Big Show nah. <laughs> dry humping Hulk Hogan all over again. <laughs> 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 the, remember that? Yes, the, can the, the, the,
2: the double team. How can you that's what it? it
1: will look like. It just, it, uh, <laughs> that's what it will look like. The, the lockup will not look athletic. It will look awkward. Uh,
2: All right, so there's your there, watch it though. Sorry. There's your Paul White, a.k.a. Big Show news block. All right, Alfred, let's do NXT. All
0: right, let's get into NXT. We start off with Dexter Loomis versus Johnny Gargano. Uh, they had a good match. I thought Dexter looked really good in this match. Uh, Gargano did. Did. And, got- very, very athletic. Uh, the weight was really good at interfering. They had this coordinated so- interference. The, the finish was very weird. Uh, Austin Theory comes on the apron and he's teasing he's going to use his chair, but then he doesn't want to do it. Um, Gargano bumps into Austin Theory, knocks him off the apron, gets caught in the silence, goes to sleep, mm-hmm. and Extra Lewis chokes out Gar- Johnny Gargano for the win in a non-title match.
1: Okay. So this is why I don't like non-title matches. This is the reason why, because it could tip off a finish, right? And this there's no real stakes there per se. One thing I, I wanted to bring up though, Alfred, that you hit a note on, and I used to be impressed with it too, so I started really thinking about it. Loomis is incredibly athletic. I worked with him a little bit. He was kind of an extra with us at TNA at the time. He still hadn't made it on the roster, on the main roster. They use him for security a lot with like Jeff Jarrett segments and things like that. And he always had a great physique on him. He was training with Bubba and Devon here at Team 3D Academy in Kissimmee, Florida at the time. And still cutting his teeth in the business. But you could see the kid had a ton of athleticism. Raw athleticism. Great look. I At first watching with this character, I dug the athleticism, especially with the leg drop that he does, um, in, in his matches. But the more and more I watch, I'm like, you know what? It doesn't fit his character. Like, I... Sh- I mean, I don't know what to do because I want to like sound like a contrarian here or counteract my own point here. But like, I used to make the argument to Jimmy Cornette sometimes. If I can really do something in real life athletically, why would I not do it in a wrestling match? And he's like, because you're being paid to be a freak of nature, a giant. Not everybody can do that, man. No, none of these other guys backstage can just put on high heels and be seven foot tall, you know, and 300 pounds. That's, this is what's going to give you longevity, telling a story and, and, and things of that nature. So, so, but, but my thing in the back of my head always was, but if this was a real fight and I could throw a, a sick, let's just say, a, a, just a sick front kick. Right. That's just knocking dudes wins out and just knocks them on the ground. And boom, I ground and pound them after that. If I'm successful with that enough, I would use that in a real fight. Right. So why would I not do what I can naturally really do in real life in a wrestling format? When you think about it, if we're supposed to be reacting and we're supposed to be treating this like a real sport in a real fight, why would I not use as an anchor an athletic move that I really could pull off and do? To execute my offense better Does that make sense so like I don't mean to counteract my part so like my my point Here but when I watch Loomis his Offense doesn't fit his 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 character But like Then that's my other argument against my Argument is If somebody's really that athletic and they're able to pull This stuff off and you want it to make it look natural And real It can't just be punches and forearms and flippers and Headbutts right like like You gotta have something to separate you From the others a little bit but You got you want it to fit in your character though, if that makes sense. Yeah,
2: I mean, I won't go down the hole that that Matt just got, and I'll I'll just keep it at you know, I thought, I mean, this was for a non title match. This, I mean, this at least had a lot of Um, drama. You know, they 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 played up to you know, Austin didn't use the chair, yes, Indy's kind of like she's kind of flirting with Dexter. So,
1: I'm digging her more right now, by
2: the way. I I am too, and I I don't want to scoop Alfred because I know. Yeah, I don't want to scoop out because I know who we'll get to it in the rundown. But like, I'll say this about
1: the way said scoop, scoop. Um, hey, by the way, NXT is considered developmental. What do you think about that, Justin? Shut up. Um,
2: <laughs> I'll say this about I. They put Gargano in this heel stable. Like, eh, I don't know. But after tonight, I'm like, there's like. Tonight- a- there's a great casting definition of all four of them and it's becoming like it's becoming like this great like odd family parent i love it yeah that's
1: exactly what's been dude johnny gargano is an mvp i'm sorry
2: yeah no i mean matt we've talked about this i i kind of like you well i know matt i know you were not always even high on johnny necessarily no not at all i was always high on johnny in the ring but i as i've noted having worked with him a decade ago. But he was a Mr. A
1: dozen as a he was
2: face. he he was Mr. Babyface. I could have never pictured him in this role, and now he's the leader of this wacky cult where his girlfriend's by his side. The other girls got a crush on the psycho, psycho and then his musclehead protege is 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 stupid but also empathetic yeah. at the same time. So it's just working, and then they're gonna again they're gonna go to therapy. We'll get to it later. I mean, this is yeah. it's it, this is just I, mean, I don't know if I don't know if we credit Johnny. I don't know if we credit. Triple H and, and Shawn Michaels. I don't know. No, who we
1: credit John. No, 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 no. We credit Johnny on this, you guys. All right. Yeah, yeah I think Johnny's great. Austin Theory is never, in my opinion, lived up to his hype until this character for him started. He now looks like a superstar.
0: I think Gargano's been great. I will say the NXT North American title has kind of taken a hit since he got involved in it. They did a lot of that comedy with Leon Ruff. He got it back and, eventually, and now he's right back to doing comedy. And I mean, that belt at the end of the day, he loses is like, a lot, that and he do, and the, don't, doesn't it feel like he, he loses a lot too, though. Albert, yes, all the time. That's part of it. He loses a lot. He does a lot of comedy, and for a guy who is probably arguably the best wrestler in this company to have that title, I was thinking he's going to take this title and make it paramount to the world title. I mean, he's really kind of like a five star version of our truth right now. But he is a great but performer. He, I don't want to take that away from him.
1: He has to, though, bro, bro, like like he has to do it this way, right? Because that's why maybe he shouldn't have the title. He doesn't need it. He definitely does not need this title.
0: No. Now we get an MSK video uh, package uh, talking about, uh, of course, it was Wes Lee or Wes Lee's uh, father. So he's got that tattoo of his father. And then they get attacked by the grizzled young vets when they're expected to speak. Then we get uh, Leon Ruff versus Tyler Russ. They show us before a backstage segment with Malcolm Bivens challenging Leon Ruff. Uh, But then the match doesn't happen because Leon gets his ass beat by uh, Isaiah Swerve. (laughs) 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 He throws him like right into the apron, back. I mean, Leon Ruff is great at signing, so I'm sure he's fine, but this looked brutal. And, and, you know, Isaiah Scott is a great worker and whatnot. But this is a very intense beatdown. Uh, so right. we never, we never see any sign of
1: Tyler Russ. So Matt, what did you think about this segment? I love it. I love it. I just what I, I mean, I told you guys in the beginning of this, that yes, this dude screams babyface, face, swerves God obviously, but he's going to be a much better baby face for this heel transition. Mark my words. Sure. You learn all the timing down. You get the timing down. You get how to execute the heat of the match. Cause you're the heel calling the heat in the match at the time. So because you're able to do that, You get to watch the fans' reaction. This case, they're not in the arena, so it kind of sucks for them. But that's where I improved. When I got the opportunity, like WWE brought me in, Alfred. they brought me in as a heel. I had zero repetitions in Ohio Valley Wrestling as a heel at this point. I never even did a heat drill as a heel because I was Cornette's big white meat baby face. That's how I was booked. Nothing, not even drills at practice, did I do as a heel. So I had no experience at it whatsoever. They bring me up as part of Team Lesnar, and I was supposed to be heels. Okay, I could be intense. I don't know how to call a heat though. That's for damn sure. I I could never call a baby faces uh comeback. That's for damn sure. I would you couldn't be I wasn't responsible enough to have the time cues ready and make sure that the match doesn't go over time. I wasn't ready for that either. All jobs are the heel. And because I got an opportunity to go back down to vw get more seasoned as a heel. Oh my God! It was night and day as far as my experience level. It shot through the roof at that point because now I can cadence a match properly, um, and it's very important as, a, as when you eventually become a babyface, especially a smaller babyface. Shawn Michaels, my opinion, hit his stride when yes, he became heel, but it was when he when he turned babyface the first time after that heel run because he'd gotten the other side of the coin's perspective on the timing you need to have of executing the heat and giving the baby and keeping the baby face alive with many hope spots throughout the heat until eventually you guys understand what hope spots are, right? Oh, yeah. the, 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 the heels destroying the baby face and the heat, uh, covers them one, two baby face kicks out, uh, shoots them off, ducks, a clothesline, baby face comes off the flying burrito, covers the heel one, two heel kicks out, gets pissed off clotheslines, the baby faces, you know what in the dirt knocks them out then starts kicking into gear on him, starts lighting him up for daring to embarrassing him. That's a hope spot. And you would crescendo, my favorite word, each hope spot, each progressive time. If you have a long match, a 20-minute match, you give that baby face generally three hope spots, depending on how the fans are participating or not. And each spot you give them is a little bit bigger than the last hope spot you gave them until finally they do blow on their full-out comeback on that heel as a Swerve Scott is going to be so much better for being able to see the other side of this coin when he goes back and be a baby face after this.
2: Yeah. I, Matt just gave a great dissertation on, on the the X's and O's there. And I'll just say, I, I don't know for sure. I work with Scott a few times in the Indies and he's always a baby face. I don't know if he ever worked as a heel. So this truly might be, yeah. we, need, we need to give yeah. you some heel repetitions for all the things exactly. Matt just said. So, um, yeah, I'm looking forward to seeing what the end result is. A uh, quick Steven Marcachilli, 499. Give Cross the Goldberg yes. streak.
1: Yes. Oh, hell yes.
2: yes. Is Reigns or Brock the Hogan win in that streak, which is better of a match? So, yeah, Cross, Ooh. we'll get to Cross, but I will acknowledge Cross has never lost on NXT, and so is Cross beating Reigns or Cross beating Brock? Which of those is more equate to Goldberg Brock. in the Georgia Brock. Dome beating
1: Hogan? Brock,
0: 1,000% Brock. Brock. 1,000%.
1: Yes. All right. all right, we'll get um, to Cross. And uh, Alfred, I apologize for my Diarrhea of the Mouth diatribe.
0: No, 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 it was great. Dude, I, I, learned a lot. I learned a lot every time I talked to you, Matt, so that was great. Thanks for that insight. Uh, <laughs> Chris
2: Pantaleo. I mean, Raj on Twitter is like Tony Khan on
1: it. <laughs> <laughs> I love Chris Pantaleo. Hey, Chris is a good dude. Chris comes on my Facebook page, too, and to, thank you, Chris, by the way, for all the nice things you say on my page once in a while. Thank you, brother, for supporting me.
2: You guys are bagging on Raj that this money is going to him. None of the three of us are getting any of this money.
1: They're I- doing it to pop us. They're doing it to pop I us. I know. I know. I know. It's That's hilarious. Raj, do you even watch the show, dude?
0: Raj, tell us chat. Watch-
2: B- by the sounds of his Twitter, Raj is asleep by now, I hope.
0: <laughs>
2: <laughs> I hope.
0: So we get these Cameron Grimes segments. I'm just going to go over all of them right now. Do them, I mean, yeah. This great. <laughs> Uh, Cameron Grimes is essentially doing the million dollar man gimmick and he's, he's self-aware about it. He's watching the million dollar man on his iPad, that legendary segment with that kid with the basketball, he goes up with some, uh, uh, guy and was it a guy in, yeah. some random guy. And he asked him to dribble the ball 10 times, just like Nandar Man does. And the guy dribbles the ball 10 times because Cameron Grimes didn't see the whole thing. So <laughs> he dribbles the ball 10 times and then he takes Cameron Grimes' money. So now Cameron Grimes lost, I believe a thousand dollars. Later on in the night, he goes to the parking lot and all these NXT talents are sitting around. One of them just so happens to be a recent signing, Annrielle Howard. For those of you who don't know, she is a former WNBA pro. So he has her standing up. She stands up and towers over him by like, you know, one and a half feet. And he has her <laughs> dribble at 10 times. So this time he realizes that if you dribble the ball, he's going to have to kick it. So she dribbles the ball about five, six times. He goes to kick it, but this is a WNBA pro. She dribbles between her legs. He misses. So now he has to pay her $1,000. <laughs> and this is my favorite segment of the entire show. He finds some random guy backstage, and he's just pissed off because he keeps losing all of his money to this million-dollar man challenge. And he has this guy <laughs> dribble the basketball. He says, I want you to drill this basketball 10 times. And you get $1,000. So he dribbles it like once and camera just punches the guy in the face. Throws <laughs> his money on the ground and just walks off. And he goes, kiss my grips, Ted DiBiase. <laughs> <So that's laughs> <amazing>. I <laughs> hope we get Teddy DiBiase on the show. You know, they can, you know, you know, with COVID, maybe it'll be tough. But, you know, Teddy DiBiase is going through it. But we have to get some kind of showdown. This has just
1: been great. <laughs> so let me ask you a question. This is all cute and it's funny. It's, and it's entertaining. You cannot dispute. That this new Grimes character is not entertaining as hell. It is. He is. Let me ask you a question though. Do you? Not sound like the freaking old man here, but like I wish they took it, him a little bit more seriously. J- just, just not much more. Don't get me wrong. Some of the stuff was hilarious, but just a shade more seriously, so it would translate in the ring better. Yeah. I, if he's always playing grab ass backstage and, and doing things and being the butt of the joke more times than not. I don't want that for him. I think he's a huge star waiting to happen. He's been waiting to happen, quite frankly. And um, I just, I don't know. Maybe I'm overanalyzing it. I don't know. Uh, you know, I mean, I, I, man, I think I get what you're saying, but it's like,
2: I think this, this out of, I mean, last thing we saw with Grimes was he was scared to death of Dexter Loomis, and that was the whole thing. This, this whole out of the, you know, he's got money off the Game stock, and he's, he's, a, he's, a, he's this. North Carolina hillbilly that's got money. Um, it's funny. I think these segments are more entertaining than throwing him out there and having him just have a match yeah, and trying to just tell me fair. that this no, match no, no, matters. That's fair.
1: So, like, I see what you're saying. So, like, him trying to do the normal status quo of okay, he's going to get a big push. He's going to start getting wins. Uh, like, no, like it, it's yeah. You get think, more out of him with this y- doing yes. what he's doing like this. Than then if you were to treat him as a, 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 high, a, a high, slightly higher than mid-card talent who maybe gets two out of three wins every time he he wrestles per month, let's say, versus yeah. him losing all three times. I don't think anybody really cares as long as he's being entertaining, right?
2: It, exactly. He, you know, not to – because, I mean, he I – mean, I think, Matt, you, I think you worked with him at one point. He's a talented guy in the ring. He can go belt to belt. That's yeah. not the question here. It's It's under what presentation – Yep. So yeah. they kind of no, discovered, right. you know, when he did the stuff with Loomis, I think they kind of discovered a little bit by accident, you know, he did the cinematic match and they like the zombie house and they kind of discovered this guy is an over the top <laughs> funny actor. <laughs> and he, 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 actor. he wasn't, he wasn't supposed to be funny at first, no. but then he became funny. So they got, they wrapped up the stuff. And I think somebody said, or, you know, whoever, whether him or somebody else said like, you're just a funny, entertaining guy, so let's not make you Drake Maverick. Because Drake Maverick is lovable, goofy, babyface. You're not that. Let's have you be a conniving little again hillbilly that came in this money, but you are getting outsmarted by these. You're trying to con people, and you're gonna like it, this. Just works. This is just better than throwing him out there for, for a match. I don't oh, have to see him wrestle for another idea. four weeks. I could just watch this for four weeks, and I am in complete, absolute heaven with uh, Cameron Grimes
0: yeah WWE has no shortage of guys who can go especially in NXT and so that difference is going to be somebody with a personality somebody who can entertain with a character and I think when people come back and they get live crowds this is going to be one of the most popular characters they have to the point where they're going to have to push him to a certain degree because people are going to love this so much
2: Alfred could you imagine this is the kind of character I could see like if, if Vince saw some tape on it gets a chuckle And like, I mean, I could see like a fun thing like where uh, Grimes is going. Grimes shows up on a Raw or SmackDown, and he's got his thousand dollar challenge, and he stumbles upon Vince McMahon and thinks he can outsmart Vince McMahon and (laughs) con him out of a thousand (laughs) bucks. I think that, like, just as I say that, I think that I'm a genius, and I think that's gold just for a quick pre-tape of establishing this guy is, uh, you know, that would be funny. Yeah, I don't know. I, I love this, but yes, great segments.
0: So we get to Zoe Stark versus Io Shirai. This is weird. Zoe Stark just debuted last week. She had a nice showcase match, but now she's going one-on-one with Io Stark. They had a very good match, back and forth. Io Shirai beats her clean in the middle. Uh, they really did kind of put her over afterwards with the announcer saying she's a rising star. Uh, Io shook her hand. Uh, then Tony came out, and she said that you fight everybody but me, and Io said that she'll fight anybody, anytime, place, anywhere. And so it looks like we're setting up Io Shirai and Tony Stark. I'm sorry, Io Shirai and Tony Stark.
2: Yeah, this uh this was I mean, yeah, Zoe's I think it was her second, yeah, her second That's TV it. match. I mean, they they really they gave her a ton of love in this. Uh this is gonna this is gonna be big for her career. They I mean they, they didn't give her the win, but again, she they they made a point to say like we <laughs> need she's not winning this, but she matters. Mm-hmm.
0: So we go backstage to the, uh, this is with the way, this is the next segment that we were alluding to. So Austin Theory backstage, of course, everybody's uh, all up in arms. Johnny Gargano's pissed because Austin Theory didn't pull the trigger. Austin Theory says that Dexter Lewis, just a misunderstood guy. Candice LeRae says he should be in jail. Indy Hartwell is doing this thing where she thinks he's hot. Uh, They all get angry. And uh, Johnny Gargano says that Austin Theory is going to need to go to therapy. So that's the segment we're going to get next week. It looks like we're going to get the Uh way
1: in therapy. It's going to be a home run. I'm predicting it already. <laughs> Alfred, what
2: was the name of the therapist for Kane and Dana O'Brien? Dr. Shelby is the first one. Dr. I Shelby. They
0: have to have him come. That's the only thing that will make this way act better is if they have Dr. Oh, Shelby.
1: If they get Shelby, it's a grand slam. And,
2: and if I know Gargano, he's probably requested to get the – because they brought Dr. Shelby, the actor, back once before. So it, it, I bet you Gargano is probably – I can imagine him like lobbying, like, get this guy back. Let's This would be great stuff. Be really fun,
0: yeah, man. Uh, So then we get Casey Catanzaro versus Zia Lee. Uh, Casey got a lot of offense in this one. Zia Lee was selling like crazy, I mean, she's just been killing everybody lately. Uh, but then they go outside. Zia Lee steps on Casey Catanzaro's knee on the steel step, so she hurts her knee. Casey Catanzaro could no longer go. This is all the work. They call the match because Casey Catanzaro can't go anymore, so there's no pinfalls, kind of like a TKO finish. Uh, then uh, Caden Carter gets angry. She confronts uh, Tian Shan um, and Boa, uh, asks what their problem is. And Xylee hits a spinning back kick to Casey Kanzara and then runs out of the ring. Uh, and then she says, Caden Carter, you're next.
2: Uh, I'll say this the, uh, I love all the Xylee. I've said a little of the backstory. It looked brutal the way they shot and executed her, putting Casey's leg up on the steps and like stepping and snapping it uh they they just executed and made it look great I, this, this again this whole zia Lee stuff is just out of you know it's a home run
0: yeah she she's one of my favorites i don't think they should have let her run out of the ring i just didn't if she's going to be this kind of killer character who's kind of a monster i don't like seeing her run away from anybody
2: uh yeah, i mean yeah i don't know i i love zia yeah. constantly looking back at the mysterious figure on the throne and like yeah. That's our power source. I don't know. I, I'm, 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 a, I'm, I'm a mark for this. I, uh, Chinese uh, tyrant b-
1: backstory.
0: I love it. What did you think about it, Matt?
1: I, I didn't like it in the beginning. Remember? I thought it was silly. Yeah. But uh, it definitely builds the suspense. I always have more questions coming into it afterwards, which is good. Um, it's very intriguing. So we get a video um, package. My camera's next- not working. And I'm so sorry.
0: Yeah, we'll see you soon. Next week, we're getting the NXT women's tag team title match uh, between Nia Jax, uh, Shayna Baszler, and then uh, Raquel Gonzalez and Dakota Kai. And we also got a video package, which I thought was very well done uh, between these two teams. So later on, so they're doing this next week to go head to head with that big Shaq match. Uh, it's something.
1: It is something, right?
0: Drake Maverick. Yeah, go ahead.
2: No, I was just going to say, I mean, yeah, it's something that's great to see this crossover, but I, I, you know, if this is their answer, if it, where are they positioned on the show? If this goes head to head with the Shaq thing, it's not going to, the Shaq thing's going to beat it.
0: They're going to need much more. Of course. We get Drake Maverick and Killian Dane versus the Grizzled Young Vets. Um, Grizzled Young Vets announced they've been fine for attacking MSK. Uh, they had a nice little match. The finish comes when they hit Ticket to Mayhem on Drake Maverick. And then Killian Dane carries Drake Maverick away from the ring, kind of to the back, kind of like the bodyguard. Uh, and he gets all the way to the back of the, the like backstage training area. And Alexander Wolf confronts uh, Killian Dane and says, You used to be a monster. So kind of teasing that maybe uh, Killian Dane's going to turn on Drake Maverick someday. But. Yes,
1: I do.
2: Yeah, I mean, I I love the grizzled young vets finish. uh, And, uh, you know, Wade Barrett alluded to in commentary, you know, where's the bruiser of Belfast or whatever they call Kelly Dane. I get it, but I don't know. I still think, again, kind of like what I said earlier about Grimes. I think he's got more room to be booked if he's in this oddball couple tag team with Drake than if they just try to just book him as a straight heel, because I feel like they have a lot of like straight monstrous heels, men and women right now. So this is probably his best lane to be in.
1: I agree with
0: that. Yeah. The God of the Phantasma finally arrives. They were kind of teasing that they might not show up because if he didn't show up, he's going to get stripped. So toward the end of the show, he finally arrives. And this leads to Carrion Cross versus Santos Escobar. Uh, They start this bra outside. They're both dressed in street clothes. Uh, early on in the match, uh, Santos Escobar slams the semi truck door on Carrion mm-hmm. Cross's shoulder, and that becomes kind of the story of them working over his shoulder. This is essentially a three on one match with Cross. I've never seen him sell this much. Uh, he sold a lot, but eventually just fended them all off. Uh, throughout, they were kind of interfering, and he held them off. He gets a Saito suplex to the table on Santos Escobar, then proceeds to hit multiple Saitos before hitting a forearm to the back of the head for the finish, and Carrion Cross pretty much single-handedly destroys legado del Fantasma and beats Santos Escobar for the win.
1: Yahoo. Uh,
2: yeah, so two things I took away from this. Um, one, this cross has not lost in NXT. If they wanted him to, if they wanted to put over Escobar and have, and whatever, this was the opportunity because you said, okay, look, cross valiant effort beat three to one. Cross still gets booked to win. So that A should tell you something about like the uh you know, in the words of Cameron Grimes, to the moon that Cross's booking has got. Number two, cross is the finish of this match. Cross hits his yeah, you know, whatever clothesline to the back of Escobar's head. This that is telling. And what I mean by that, real quickly, is this match is a street fight there's all this you know these spots going on a few high spots with you know the semi-truck whatever this is a triple h old school booking nxt that they do even though the finish does not look as extravagant as the uh, Saido suplex into the commentary table and some of the spots this is the old school mentality of the finishing move is the finishing move the finishing move is deadly he, this finishing move did not look that great, especially compared to all he did, but they still let it be what is the one, two, three. So they let the, they let Cross once again remain undefeated, overcoming three to one odds, and they still made sure that his finishing move is protected. This is all the signs of this guy has the rocket to his – it is up his ass. The, and, and, and he will not be in NXT for much longer. The rocket is up his ass through the company, through his look and his performance, so, and I'm here for it.
1: So really quick, I was just gonna say to you guys that um well shit, it worked. It actually worked. Oh, I'm sorry. Um I was surprised I've been hitting this thing hundreds of times. Um one of the things about him, just on an off-subject note, if you guys have never had an opportunity to hear Karrion Cross speak in real life, holy crap. Some of you that have heard me talk for the first time outside of RAS, I'm like, oh my God, you're way more educated and polished than what they just what they gave you on television. Why'd they make you starter? You could talk, you know. He's got nothing, nothing on carrying cross. Watch his interviews, like his shoot interviews he does. He is so well thought out. He went to school for freaking psychology. He has like five different certificates of children's psychology. He's really big on, I, I, I'm just going to say what it is. He, he, I'm very proud of him for this. He's stepped up here in Central Florida and has been coming and joining me at a lot of different events fighting child sex trafficking. He's very passionate about it. Um, he's very impressive when he speaks. Holy crap, you guys. Like every time he talks I'm like and in my head, I'm like I, I gotta go to wrestling, obviously. And in my head I go, when I book him that way though, I don't think that would be the same because mm-hmm. he's this badass on television, right? and this is awesome character. So it's like I don't want to talk too much about it because I don't want to take away from the fans allure of that persona he plays, right? Because it's such a great character. But holy crap, is he the opposite of this? and not in like a some like little weak, wimpy weak way either. Like I'm not saying some nerdy sounding guy. I'm saying he's a super polished, super intelligent and just well thought out. Yeah. Super to, intelligent.
2: To expand to, to extend on what Matt said, he can kick your ass no matter what, but he can
1: talk more intelligently on different Ooh. days of the week. But he's going to kick your ass regardless. <laughs> He's just so impressive to me. His day off and stuff. Like we like a, we did a Zoom call for something like this. It was like seven a.m. And I'm like, hey, brother, I'm not trying to be a marker or nothing for you, but like, don't you have NXT tonight? He's like, yeah. He's like, that's important to me though. I'm like, God bless you. I hope there's more of you out there. Yeah. You know, I was really impressed by that. I just was. And that's it's
2: and, and it's cool that you know his real life uh, girlfriend or wife is is she gets to be part of the package presentation of him dude. She effect- went, she, effectively
1: she, 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 yeah she goes actually I didn't even recognize her I didn't know she changed her hair at the time to white I always thought in my head it was blonde and I'm like hmm I was like that way la- the way hair lady looks so familiar though how do I know her Is she like a resident of my, like in my head I'm like oh my god that's Scarlet, that's like his that's his wife or whatever right and uh, yeah she goes with him everywhere uh, super super proud wife you could tell um but he is so guys i cannot say this enough try to find shoot videos of him doing shoot interviews and you'll see a little glimpse of what i'm talking about he's so into better is he talking my video no he doesn't i didn't get him on video for mine because i wanted to you know wwe is cool about letting people do different things uh on their own you know but i didn't want to you know what i mean like yeah ruin his opportunity to do things he's probably very passionate about um you know, because WWE is like the party police. Party poopers.
0: <laughs> so we get an L.A. night promo. He's talking about he's going to debut on his own terms. You don't know when that's going to be. And then we get into our final segment, which is Adam Cole explaining his actions. It is a typical oh, – first they show the footage from last week of Kyle O'Reilly getting stretched out. It does look very realistic. I can kind of see why some of the people – there was so much confusion of what, whether or not he was really hurt. Uh, but then uh, Adam Cole says he's ashamed of himself. He apologizes. He says that he feels sick for what he did. Roderick Strong comes out. He's angry. He says everything's changed. But then Finn comes out, pounces Cole. We get a big brawl uh, with Roderick Strong and uh, Finn Balor. And then uh, Roderick Strong clotheslines Adam Cole. Um, And then Adam's crying. He's on the ground. He wants things to go back to normal. They hug. And then, of course, Adam Cole hits a low blow, calls Roderick Strong stupid. So we get... Another fracture with the undisputed era, so they are pretty much asunder. Like they all are turned on each other, and they're ready to go to their separate ways. It looks like,
1: yeah, no, it's great storyline, right? Yeah, I'm digging
2: it. Yeah, you know, um, after this cross match was done, well, oh, actually, when we start, we go backwards. When the cross match started, I looked at the time, and I looked at NXT and an eight minute overrun. I was like, man, this can be a long main event, and it, you know, it was a a, a it was lengthy enough, but then Cross's match finished. And I'm like, all right, we still got like 15 minutes to go with commercials included. What are we going to really actually finish with the, with a big bang? But I thought this did it. I thought this, this, this fit well, um, timing and the low blow of Cole and the, and the words he said. And again, I, I, this feels like it's the countdown to Cole leaving NXT. It feels like he's raw or SmackDown bound post mania. That's what I feel. Um, but if that's the fact this 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 is the right move this the story's there so um you know, i i thought again pretty much every week AEW's got a lot of like bombastic moments that you're like you got to tune in to believe it i think NXT's the more consistent show just consistent it's it's here AEW could be up here but AEW also drops down here with a sing- the shit with Miro and and the things we talked about but NXT is just kind of a, a very steady line of consistency.
1: Yeah. No, that's hard to argue. Don't we agree? Yeah. I definitely agree.
0: All you. right. So so I think, uh,
2: there. Yeah. I don't think we have any more super chats. Um, so yeah, a lot going on. So again, um, you know, nothing tomorrow here live. Uh, we will have, uh, we'll have wrestling Inc. daily minute, myself and Nick Housman, uh, Fr- More wrestling daily Friday. I'm on Busted Open on Friday morning with Mark Henry and Dave uh We'll have Friday Night Smackdown here. We'll have Raw. We'll keep going. uh Matt, anything else you want to no. give a shout to? No. Alfred, uh, give us the Forbes rundown. What's going on in the Forbes world?
0: I me I'm Twitter this is nasty. Go on Forbes right now. I talked to the great Court Bauer about MLW. They're making big moves, and I uh, got some other interviews coming up that you guys are going to be excited about. And then follow me on YouTube, Pro Wrestling Bits.
2: Alfred's a scoops. Alfred is the scoops here. That's I'm a, trying, man. He's replaced me. All right. Uh, thank, <laughs> thank you. Yeah. Thank you, everybody, to join us. We appreciate it again. Facebook, YouTube, Periscope, Twitch, whatever it is, we appreciate it. Appreciate the Super Chats. Uh, again, we'll be back live Friday night. We'll be back Monday night. Uh, chambers coming, all the stuff. Just follow the Wrestling Inc. social media. Uh, for Matt, for Alfred, I'm Justin. Have a good night. Be safe. Love each other. Love wrestling. We're done